0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Hello and welcome to the Roto-Wire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Today is Saturday, March. We're finally in March 2nd. My name is Chris Crawford. Today's episode is brought to you by Fantrax. Thanks so much to Fantrax for providing so much good stuff and for sponsoring the show, of course. I am joined by my good friend, Ryan Boyer. We have a jam-packed show for you today. We're going to be going over some over-unders, and we're going to be taking a look at the East Divisions. We'll take a look at the AL Division, AL East. We'll take a look at the NL East. Real quick, before we get into some massive news, Ryan, uh, I'm sure you're drafting in the great Fantasy Baseball Invitational right now. How's your draft going? I mean, fine. I think. Yeah. Um, there's
2: always in 15 team drafts with all the quote unquote experts. It's never quite as it's never quite as good as you want. Yes. Um, I feel like I'm light in the batting average department currently. Okay. Got you. Um, but I think I'll be all
1: right. Nice. What pick did you have? Uh, ten. Okay, and who did you take with that first round pick?
2: Um, now you're putting me on the spot, and I, I've done so many slow drafts that I can't even I can't even remember.
1: That's okay. Um, I picked fourth in my league, and I'm in a league with uh the good old James Anderson. We are picking fairly uh-huh. close to each other, so that's a lot of fun. Um, I picked fourth, and I took one Mookie Betts with my fourth pick. Uh went with Betts, Seager, Vladdy to begin the thing. So I feel pretty good about my infield. Um, Very nice. Oh, Freddie Freeman. Is Freddie like Freeman. It. Oh, that's I'm a name. Now. I like that pick quite which which
2: pick. Which tells you, which gives you an idea of what my draft has been since then, since I think I'm light on batting average, and Freddie <laughs> Freeman is my first pick.
1: Ah, gotcha. Totally makes sense. But uh, yeah. yeah, it's a fun league, and shout out to Justin Mason and folks for putting that together. It's a lot of fun. A lot of great rowdy wire people participating, a lot of great people from all over the industry. But just thought I would check in and ask how your draft is going. It is a great time to be doing a slow draft. It is not a great time if maybe you took Ronald Acuña with one of those picks because there is some concern here. Acuña underwent an MRI which revealed that there is irritation in his right meniscus after he was scratched from the lineup on Friday. He was examined, did the MRI as recommended. So the plan here is for Ronald Acuna to go see a doctor in Los Angeles to further assess the injury. There's a long way to go here. And it sure sounds like the Atlanta is confident in him being ready for opening day, but this is scary. And I have to ask Ryan, you're drafting today. You have that first pick. Are you still taking Ronald Acuna Jr.?
2: I think so. Um, like you mentioned, that there's still a lot yet to be determined. Um, it is the surgically repaired knee that he has injured. You know, he had the ACL surgery a couple of years back, right? And I know the first year back from surgery, he had mentioned like it was still not feeling quite right. I don't know if it was the same similar kind of feeling that he's feeling now. I guess he kind of tweaked it in in a rundown um, in a spring training game a few days ago, but they're saying, I mean, he's walking around without a limp and everything seems like it's going to be okay. Alex Anthopoulos said, you know, unless there's new negative information, then they expect him to be ready opening day. Like if you're, I mean, if you have one, one, you went from being overjoyed that you have that pick to now a little nervous, I guess? Sure. Like, it's not a slam dunk, I guess, that he should be the 1-1 still. The thing is, though, like, I mean, if he, if it comes out that he's going to have surgery, I, I don't think he can't, you can use a pick on him. Right. Um, but even if he – say he misses – I don't know. He's supposed to miss – Three weeks. Like if you knew he was gonna miss three weeks, like he he lapped the field by so much in fantasy value last year that he could like if he plays even close to what he did last year and misses the first three weeks of the season, like he's still the best fantasy option. Right. Um so that fact combined with it seems like they're being cautious here makes me think that. I'm st- I would still use the first overall pick on him. But if you're risk-averse, I totally get it if you want to pick Bobby Witt or Julio or someone else.
1: Yeah, I th- would say this. I'm still taking Acuna 1-1. With 24 or 25, I'm probably taking an outfielder that as my just-in-case type of thing. And Hey, maybe pairing him with his teammate Michael Harris or an outfielder of that yeah. just because – I got to have a little bit of a built in safety who, thing, but who could. It, yeah, who could hit it at the top of the spot? Uh, I was just going to
2: say, and speaking of parents, yeah, yeah. Right. He'd move to the top of the batting order probably. So, yeah,
1: absolutely. Could up his yeah, value. That's, a, that's a really good point. But um, you make a great point with just the fact that, like, Acuna was so much better than everybody else, even if he does and they take every precaution and he ends up missing a couple of weeks or even a month. There's a very good chance that you still get one, one value. I just think you got to be scouring those news notes, you know, and making sure that you um, if you are in a slow draft, if you take Acuna checking to see what's going on and being prepared to maybe attack outfield a little bit earlier than you thought in the second or third round. It's a it's about where the value is anyway. So it's not like you would be reaching for anybody, but maybe a little bit more important than you might've thought of. The other big news is Matt Chapman. Chapman has signed a deal with the San Francisco Giants. Last year hit 240, 330, 424. That's a 755 OPS. It's an OPS plus of 108. I'm still not used to 755 being an above average OPS. It is what it is. 17 homers and 54 RBI in his second season with Toronto worth pointing out. He got off to a rip roaring start. In fact, if you would have like named an MVP for the first month and a half. It might've been Matt Chapman. And then to say that he struggled is the understatement of understatements. One of the best defensive third basemen I've ever seen, probably actually second only to Adrian Beltre in my own eyes. And that's saying something. Cause I've seen some really good ones. Scott Rowland. uh, I love this signing, especially for, look, we have to acknowledge contract stuff. This is a song like 2018 and 16 is what he's going to be paid. According to John Heyman, that's a three year, $54 million deal. He can opt out twice. I just think that is a massive win for the San Francisco Giants. It's a decent little landing spot for Matt Chapman too. And the fact that he can opt out is pretty nice as well, but I love this for the San Francisco Giants.
2: Yeah, it's a a fit that has made a ton of sense for the for a while. Uh, not only that they need needed a third baseman. I mean, JD JD Davis. Uh, I don't know if you saw the quote from him, but he he seemed taken aback, um, not and not too happy. But right, you can't can't blame the Giants for taking this uh, opportunity and getting a, a really good player at less than less than market value. And he gets reunited with Bob Melvin as well. Um, Oh, that's a good point. It's, you know, they're breaking in Marco Luciano at shortstop Chapman can help cover up some of that. Um, I think this is good news for Logan Webb, big ground ball guy. He's going to have Matt Chapman sucking everything up at third base now. um, like, it's, it's not the best best park for him right. to land, but it's a lot better for a right-handed batter at Oracle Park. And Matt Chapman, like, when he's going well, he hits the ball so hard that I I don't think there, it's a huge deal, like his venue necessarily. I mean, look at his years in Oakland. He hit for power just fine. Yeah. Um, so I, I think it's – you know, in and of itself, just because he's has a home now is a fantasy stock up, and he should be ready to go for the for the start of the season. But yeah, good fit for the good fit for the Giants. It's a good fit for their, uh, especially ground ball guys like Logan Webb. But you know, it's a a boost a little bit for their entire pitching staff getting a, a glove like that at third base, and uh, you know Chapman. I think is a pretty good bet to bounce back at least some degree in the power department. He's always been inconsistent, but Mm -hmm. hits the ball hard. You can't count on him hitting for average or stealing bases, but I, I think he could still hit even at Oracle park. He could hit 30 home runs.
1: Yeah, uh, by the way, I think J.D. Davis to the Seattle Mariners makes a ton of sense now. Uh, my buddy Grant Brisby, who's actually an enemy, nobody actually likes the guy, but I'll call him my friend just for the sake of it, I think brings up a good point that you don't make this signing without probably having a J.D. Mar- JD Davis trade ready to roll. Like I imagine that he'll be gone fairly soon, and I think Seattle makes a lot of sense, especially with the news that uh, Luis Arias apparently can't throw. That is uh, going to be an issue playing the hot corner position, but uh, that would be an interesting landing spot. But again, you can't help but note the contract value here. All Matt Chapman has to be is an average bat to be well worth that for the San Francisco Giants. I think the fantasy stock probably stays right around the same for me. Um, There's some better landing spots I think that could have happened here, but it just made so much sense. And I think Uncle Ted brings up a great point that It does, and you brought it up as well, that the pitching, I think, does go up. Be very curious to see if a certain left-hander ends up in San Francisco now as well. Been lots of rumors Mm -hmm. about Blake Snell attached there. And I'll tell you this, this contract won't hurt their chances of landing him whatsoever. They still should have plenty of money to go out and get a player like Blake Snell. All right, so those are the headlines. We're going to do some over-unders now, and we're going to start in the American League East. And I want to say this we're going to do win totals on this. Everything else here is a made-up prop by Christopher Crawford. This is not Vegas stuff. I just took some numbers from guys that um, did what they did in 2023, seeing if there'll be slight improvements or slight declines on those numbers for 2024. Um, We'll do more real props as they become available. That has usually become uh, a thing that you can do a little bit later on the major websites anyway, but let's start with Baltimore and let's start with Adley Rutchman. and I'm putting you. Okay. So you changed this number and I think it's interesting. I I'm, I'm going to tell him a couple of numbers that were changed here, uh, but I'll point out this one first. I had put 25.5. I believe it may have been 28. It may have been 30, whatever it was. You <laughs> changed it to 22.5. And I am very curious to see why. Yeah, I thought
2: I thought twenty five point five was aggressive. Um, I don't. I mean, it's would it surprise me if Adley Rushman hit more home runs than that? No, but I don't think I don't think many people would take the over on that okay. just okay. from a betting perspective. Okay. Um, I thought twenty two and a half was a little more fair. Uh, okay. He hit, hit twenty last year, I okay. believe.
1: Yep, and one hundred.
2: Yeah. Uh, so 22 and a half. Um, you know, I, I actually think I would still take the under on 22 and a half. Um, probably I, I'll take 22. Okay. So just barely the under.
1: So I don't and, know about I mean, you, but you're feeling 22.
2: <laughs> I mean, I, I think it's. Partly the a lot of his power last year, he hit a lot better from the right side,
3: mm-hmm.
2: um, and that power is going to get sucked up by the left field at at Camden Yards. Um, can we count on Adley Rushman getting? I mean, he had an absurd number of plate appearances for a catcher last year. Sure. Um, And if he, he had that many and didn't reach that number last year, it's natural to expect improvement from one of the best young players in in baseball. But if you're just asking me to put money down as a bet, I think I would take the under, I wouldn't feel great about it though.
1: Yeah, I get that. And look, the concern for me is that he only barreled the baseball 7.7.5% of the time. Not sure why I had a mini stroke there doing those numbers. Uh, That is concerning. But he also had an expected slugging percentage of 469, and he is a big dude. Baltimore concerns me, no question about that. I'm still going to take the over, and I probably would take the over on 25 as well. I think that we're talking about a 30-homer guy. Um, I'm just a huge believer in his talent. I think it's worth pointing out that it's his second full season of Major League Baseball. I know that he technically didn't have rookie eligibility last year. I just am a huge believer in Adley Rutschman. I believe the power is going to be there. Uh, give me 28 to 30 homers for Adley Rutchman. Ryan, you'll learn to love him someday. Uh, let's go to another young player, Grayson Rodriguez, over under 170 strikeouts.
2: So I think this is really is just going to come down to how many in- innings he throws. Exactly. And just as long as he doesn't get hurt, I have a hard time seeing not seeing him not reach 170 strikeouts. I mean, we know the struggles he had at the beginning of last year, got sent down, figured it out in the minors, came back up and was really good the rest of the way. Um, didn't get quite as many strikeouts still as you'd think. Yeah. Um, but I, I've got to believe that those are coming and coming in a major way for him. Um Like I'm, it it would not surprise me at all if he gets 200 strikeouts this season. Like I'm not betting on that, but if you set it at 170, I'm going to, I'm going to take the over there.
1: Yeah. I think I'm going to take the over as well. It's a weird profile for Rodriguez last year as well, because his K percentage was actually higher than his whiff percentage. If you would have asked me which number was higher, I would have guessed the latter. And like, maybe he got some bad luck and got a lot of swings and misses on the first two pitches and just couldn't finish guys off. But I think that Rodriguez's stuff is just too good for me not, to not go over here. I'm going to guess that he's in mm-hmm. that 180, 185 range. Now, some of this will depend on innings, like you said. It wouldn't shock me if Baltimore is a little careful with him, and they should be. He is their best mm-hmm. pitching, most talented pitcher, and it's not even close, all due respect to even Corbin Burns, like, or at least the most important long-term pitcher for the Baltimore Orioles Um Maybe uh, backtracking a little bit, remembering who Corbin Burns was as I was taking that stat. <laughs> it's going to happen a lot, but Grayson Rodriguez, I'm going to go over there. I'm going to be very curious to see what the over is set by Vegas. Final one is over under on Gunnar Henderson, having a 265 average.
2: You know, I'm going to take the under. Um, a guy I like a lot same as adley even though i took the under on that as well sure. reason being is that his numbers against lefties are have been really really bad sure. and he was not great against lefties in the minors either um so that he's going to have to do a lot of heavy lifting from the against righties to get that average to a respectable level um, I think he's going to be perfectly fine in that regard, but I think he'll need some BABIP, BABIP luck. I mean, as young as he is, as talented as he is, certainly can't rule out improvement against lefties. Um, but 265, I think I'm going to take the take the under.
1: I think it's really close, and that's why I picked this number. He hit 255 last year, and you look naturally at that hard hit percentage of 52 and think, well, how the heck is it that low? How can you not go the over? But he swings and misses a lot. He struck out in 25.6% of his plate appearances. He swung and missed at a number that was in the 42nd percentile of qualified hitters. And because he's a patient hitter and he's willing to draw walks, that's going to hurt. It's it's harder to get a hit when there's two strikes on you. I'm going to take the under, but it's just slightly. I think he's going to be in that 260 to 265 rate and still provide plenty of fantasy relevance because he's going to hit homers, steal bases, and play a very nice position for you. And then finally, I'm just taking the average of what I saw from uh, Vegas on these over-under wins. Baltimore, the average was 90.5 over or under.
2: Yeah, it seems low, doesn't it? Yeah, um, Vegas not totally buying into the to the Orioles. I know uh, Brandon Hyde was asked about that about the projection systems, whatever, um, kind of underselling the Orioles, and he predictably poo pooed them and sure. said that he's a big believer in that. And I'm a big believer too. I and mean, the Bradish injury really hurts. Um, they seem Optimistic right now that he's not gonna need surgery, but um, you know, even if he wind, does wind up needing Tommy John, I still think the Orioles are are over on the 90 and a half wins.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna go over, but I will say the thing is, and what we're gonna talk about the division, a lot of good teams here. A lot of teams that I think have a chance to be in that eighty-five to ninety-five win range, one team in particular that we're gonna talk about that is um, really, really good on paper. I still go over. I think it's disrespecting what Baltimore did a little bit last year. And I think they are certainly an improved team on paper from their additions and also an improved team just because of the fact that so many young players I think are going to be better than we saw in 2023. I do take the over. I'm not sure they're the favorite to win the division, but I do think that they are that wild card one. All right, let's move on to the Boston Red Sox. Let's talk about a guy that you just can't shut up about Ryan, but this time it's my fault. Over under Tristan Casas, 30 home runs.
2: So this might surprise you given how much I love, you know how much I love Kristen, Tristan Casas, but I'm going to take the under on 30. Um, love, love, love Tristan Casas. Mm-hmm. I think he Maybe the next Joey Votto, maybe the next Freddie Freeman. I think he could be potentially that that good, the perennial all star. But left handed batters at Fenway Park, it's just not a good place for left handed power. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, David Ortiz certainly showed you that he uh, he can. There are ways to overcome that if you're really good, and Tristan Casas could certainly do that. But if you're 30th is pretty high i think um i hope he gets there because i have already rostered him in multiple leagues but i would take i would take the under if you're making me put some money on it
1: yeah and i totally get that i'm actually going to take the over here i just believe in this guy's power so much uh as a essentially a rookie barreled the baseball 13.1% of the time. That was in the 86th percentile. Makes a lot of hard contact. One of the best pitch recognizers of any young hitter that I've seen. This guy just gets it, and he tracks the baseball so well. Maybe looking at more, like his slugging percentage was last year was 490, despite only hitting 24 homers last year. He could be that type of guy who has a higher slugging percentage than you expect from the power, just because hitting the ball off the wall and what's going on I'm going to go with the over, but I, again, I, I tried to make these all a little bit difficult to think about. Um wouldn't shock me if he was in that 25 to 28 range, but it wouldn't shock me at all if he had reached a number like 35 or maybe even 40 uh, over under on and stolen bases is such a tough one, but I think this guy needs to reach this number in order to be fantasy value. Jaron Duran, 28 stolen bases over under in 2024.
2: So I think it's, does he stay healthy and keep it an every day job? Because right. if he does, it's, I think it's a pretty safe bet. He is going to get 28. I think he had ended up with 24 mm-hmm. last year and was like ended up being barely over the equivalent of a half a season. Um, speed is legitimate. It sounds like he's going to be hitting leadoff for the Red Sox. Um, I do hope he can stay healthy. Yeah, If he does, I think over on 28 is a a pretty good bet.
1: I'm going to go over as well, but I think it's fairly close for a couple of reasons. Number one, the health thing that you bring up. Number two, this guy made a lot of hard contact last year. His approach still leaves a lot to be desired. Mm -hmm. Is he going to get on base enough in order to reach that mark? And also... Red Sox are not a team I think of a lot as, now this should be changing with him and Sedan Raffaella and some other guys, a team that I think of stealing a whole lot of bases. They are kind of a stationary team. They believe in that three true co- outcome type of result. But Jaron Duran is not a three true outcome type of player. He's kind of the opposite of it. He showed some pop of a little bit as a prospect a couple of years ago, but he's really more of a guy who slashes the baseball, gets on base and steals bases or gets on base and steal. Yeah, that makes sense, Chris. Don't doubt yourself. Uh, I think that uh, I'm going to go over here, but it's not by a whole heck of a lot. It's been fascinating to watch Duran in some of my slow drafts because I've seen some people really aggressive with him, taking him around 125. I've seen some leagues where he's fallen into that 200 range. It's going to be really interesting to see what kind of year he can put together because it is not a question mark about talent with him. And then finally, a pitcher for you, over under Brian Bayo a 3.75 ERA.
2: I've got the under for him. I'm a, I'm a big, uh, yep. fan. Um, I know he's also talked about throwing the slider more this year. I'm hoping he can get more, more strikeouts. It was a little disappointing from a strikeout perspective from right. him last year. I thought he would be missing more bats. I think he could still bring some more of that, um, but I think he's a guy on the rise, going to need a little Babbitt luck, as pitchers always do. But I'll take the, I'll take the under on 3.75.
1: So I want to take the under on 3.75, but let me tell do you it, the, Chris. Let me take you the concern that I have here. So, number one, hard hit percentage was 44.3. That's not very good. You mentioned the fact that he doesn't miss a lot of bats. Here is something that concerns me, and it was something I talked about with the Mariners here. So Brian Bayo initiates a ton of ground balls. That infield defense stinks. It's really, really bad. And I just wonder if he's going to have a little more base runners. Now, it's helped by the fact that he throws a lot of strikes. I think his command for a young pitcher is really underrated. So I'm going to think, say he's going to be in that 3-9 area, which is still usable. And hopefully he can pile up more strikeouts so he becomes even more fantasy relevant. But I'm concerned about that defense behind him as because if he doesn't miss bats at a strong level, it's great to initiate ground balls as often as he does. It's not as valuable when your ground ball uh, infield defense has the range of a 1997 cell phone. And then the Red Sox for their over-under, I was kind of surprised by this number. 79 wins. Are you taking the over or the under?
2: I should add to by the way, to just kind of piggyback off your – Poor defense. Uh it sounds like Von Grissom might be out as well. And he's not exactly known for his defense, but Emmanuel Valdez is even whew, more of a stone glove than yeah. than him. So that could uh could ding um Bayo's outlook a little more there. But I'm not optimistic on the Red Sox this year. Um I'm gonna take under on 79. Maybe maybe I'm a victim of just being on Twitter too much and seeing all their fans constantly complain about them not spending money. But I'm going to take, as you mentioned, good division. Um, I think the Red Sox are going to be at the bottom of that division.
1: It's a weird thing because I think if Boston was somehow located in Iowa and they were playing in the AL Central, I'd probably make them the favorites to win that division. But somebody's got to be bad in this group, and I think it's going to be Boston. Now, could change if they make some roster additions, go get Jordan Montgomery, go do some other stuff. But just on paper, I think this is the worst team. I imagine somebody's going to win 75 games or less. Right now on paper, I think it's the Boston Red Sox. Uh, We're going to get into the Yankees and the rest of the AL East and then the NL East as well. But first, we're going to take a very quick commercial break. Fantrax is the most customizable fantasy platform in the industry, offering the greatest fantasy experience for your Dynasty Keeper, Redraft, and Best Ball Leagues. If you're coming from another service, Fantrax makes it easy. They can import any of your leagues and customize as needed. They offer the most in-depth player pool in the industry, including minor league players. Do you need a customizable commissioner service for your fantasy? Fantrax offers more customization than any other platform waivers categories scoring system schedule fantrax offers solutions for all that and more and the best part of all is it's free actually that's not the best part because the best part is if you sign up for free today you'll be entered to win an official mlb signed jersey from vladimir guerrero jr simply go to fantrax.com slash rotowire and sign up today that's f-a-n-t-r-a-x dot slash rotowire fantrax the home of fantasy
0: sports Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at Babbel.com slash BlueWire. That's 60% off at Babbel.com slash BlueWire, spelled dot lcom slash BlueWire. Rules and restrictions apply.
1: All right, so let's go to those Yankees, and let's start with Anthony Volpe. A mixed at best rookie season, but I think there were some flashes here. This one might be a little aggressive, but over under on a 750 OPS for Anthony Volpe in 2024.
2: It is aggressive, and I'm still going to take the over, actually. Um, I found it interesting that he came out and was talking about um, kind of flattening his swing a little more. Like he got to um, uppercut with his swing, which helped lead to a 2020 season, but also a lot of weak fly balls and sure. a low batting average, low bab up. I think he's probably better off lowering that launch angle a little bit, trying to shoot the gaps a little more. Um, and I, I believe in the, in the skill set. A, a very uneven, as you mentioned, rookie season. Uh, but he had a track record in the minors too, of kind of struggling initially once he, reached a level, but then he figured it out, and I I think he's on the upswing. He's going to be at the bottom of the order, probably, Mm -hmm. Um, but I'm I'm a believer long-term in Anthony Volpe. Uh, Get those strikeouts down, please, Anthony, Um, but I think I'm going to take the over on 750.
1: I'm going to take the over as well. I am a big fan of Volpe for 2024. I think that When you have a 22-year-old shortstop who was well above average in hard hit percentage, sweet spot percentage, above average in walk percentage, yeah, the strikeouts were problematic. Of course they were. He was a 21-year-old player. You know, this is going to happen. I think there were more than enough flashes of brilliance to suggest that Volpe is going to be a strong, long-term option. And, you know, 750 OPS, you're talking about like a 330 on-base percentage and 420 slugging percentage. Very easy for me to see that. Like last year he hit 209 with a 283 on base percentage. That's 74 points higher. Raise that average into that 230, 240 range. And I think he hits this pretty easy. And if he does hit those numbers with his speed, there's a good chance he's a shortstop one next year, Ryan. I'm a big fan of Anthony Volpe. I would prefer him to be my MI more than prefer him to be my starting shortstop. But, you know, if people are aggressive and you can get him later in drafts I do not hate that solution. Juan Soto. Okay, so Juan Soto was a guy whose batting average looked like was never going to be an issue. And last year it was fine. It wasn't great, but it was fine in that 270 range. But we have seen flashes of Juan Soto looking like an 80 hit guy over under 288 batting average for Juan Soto in 2024.
2: I'm taking the over. Um, as you mentioned. It was what he had like 275 last year, year before that was like two in the 240s. So yeah. over the last two years, you combine those those two years together, it hasn't been remotely close to 288, but he still won Soto and he's still yeah. amazing. And he's going to a just a great park, a great lineup. He's in his walk year. I just think he's gonna have a monster monster year. Um yeah, he's gonna need a little. Bab of luck, especially, especially since he hits the ball on the ground a lot. He's going to have yeah. to find some of those find some of those holes, but I'm still taking the over on 288.
1: Yeah, I'm going to take the over too, but it, it's it's the evidence suggests that this is more of a 270, 275 hitter now, which yeah. is fine because I think he's going to hit for plenty of power. He's going to score a lot of runs. He's going to draw a lot of walks and in an on-base percentage league. I think you have to consider him with a top three or so pick or a points league too. I just, th- that it's Juan Soto. It's Juan Soto, man. And the fact that the shift was limited, I think still plays into the factor that's a favor of his. I think he's a guy who can hit like 330 if they actually get rid of the shift altogether and you have to play your designated positions. But for this year, I'll take the over. And it's one of the reasons why I think Juan Soto is worthy of a top seven picks in fantasy drafts. Yeah. Uh, and then finally, Marcus Stroman. It's funny doing an over-under with one of the short kings in baseball. A 3.50 ERA is what the number I set here. Over-under that for Marcus Stroman.
2: So three out of the last four years, he's been like right at or below that number. Only year, he, <laughs> only year he was not was last year when he had Unbelievable first half. I think he had a sub three ERA in the first half, and then he got it was hurt and terrible in the second half. Yeah, that pushed the ERA above 350. I think he'll go back under that this year. I really like the fit with the Yankees. Um, he's got a pretty decent infield defense, he's mm-hmm. gonna not be hurt as much as other pitchers are by that ballpark because he does keep the ball on the ground um and Marcus Stroman he's not going to miss a ton of bats we know that the fantasy upside just is capped with him right but ERA wise I think he's a pretty darn safe bet I'll take the under on 350.
1: So I'm going to take the under as well but I have been on record for this for a while and it's based mostly on my heart more than my brain This is either going to go spectacularly or be a disaster. There's no in-between here. Like, if he is under 3.5, he's going to be in that 3-1, 3-2 range. If he's over, it's going to be like 4-7. And it'll be an interesting little media experience between Marcus Stroman and uh, the New York Mets. Uh, Or, excuse me, the New York Yankees. And the reason I said that is because of the media experience with the New York Mets and Marcus Stroman. I like him I think it's a very solid signing I the thing people always worry about is the fact he generates so little extension how is that going to affect him but as long as he's avoiding barrels and there are very few who are better at avoiding barrels than Marcus Stroman I think he's going to be just fine this number shocked me New York Yankees over under 93 wins what are you going with here Ryan
2: yeah, two and a half difference between them and the Orioles. So huh? I, I really like this Yankees team on paper. Yeah. Um, but I think 93 is pretty aggressive. Sure. Um, I still think I would still probably pick the Orioles to win the division. I, I think these are definitely the two best teams in the division on paper. Um, but 93. You're forcing me to put some money on it. I think I'm going to take the under.
1: Yeah, I would go the under as well. And to be honest, i just stay the heck away from it. Like the the teams in that 95 or 93 to 100 win range, I typically just stay away from. We've got another one coming up that I am definitely staying away from. I I, I think the Yankees are the best team on paper in the division, but I have some concerns about the depth. And some. there are a ton of guys here who have, massive injury concerns. And I don't think they address their depth quite enough. If everybody stays healthy, this is a real world series contender. You could argue the best team in the American league, but there's a lot of volatility. And that's why if I was forced to bet, and please don't ever force me to bet on anything, I would go with the New York Yankees. Uh, we'll go a little quicker through these last two in the NL are in the AL East. Let's go with the Tampa Bay Rays. Zach Eflin, one of the real surprises of 2023 Three point six five ERA. You taking the over or the under?
2: Under baby. I'm I'm totally buying the Zach Eflin breakout. Um, loved what he did last year. The Rays just know how to get the best out of guys like this. Um, he's going to need some injury luck, which he has not always had yeah. in his career. Um, but three six five. I think he's a he's a good bet to hit that under.
1: Yeah, absolutely. A 3.5 ERA last year, and I think it's reasonable to expect him to put up a similar number. His ability to throw strikes is among the very best in baseball. I would be concerned about the whiff rate, but the fact that he is just so difficult to square up and always seems to hit his spot. I'm going over. I will say I was tempted to go with innings with this one just because like you just don't know with Zach Eflin, but I think that the results on the field are going to be pretty good. Pete Fairbanks over under 30 saves.
2: I don't think I'd ever take a raise closer for over 30 saves. Yeah. Um, Pete Fairbanks is really, really good. Really good. When he's healthy, but he's got an injury history there. And Kevin Cash, love the guy. I think he's a fantastic manager. And he kind of was committed to Fairbanks-ish last year as his closer. Yeah. But I just – I can't take a, a raise closer as good as he is and with the injury history too as, as an over on 30. i got to take the under.
1: I'm going over by just a slight amount. Everything you said makes a ton of sense. It's the only reason why um, this is even debatable because by talent, like this is a 35-40 save guy. I just feel like he is so clearly the closer. Like, this is the first time i felt like this for a long time for a Tampa Bay pitcher. And the fact, I think Tampa Bay is going to be playing an awful lot of close games. Like, based on how their roster is set up, I think that they're going to be a lot of 4 2 wins, 3 1 wins, 5 3 wins type of things. So You're just a
2: big Mizzou fan, Crawford. I am a huge
1: Mizzou fan, especially that basketball team. What a season uh. they are having. <laughs> Over under Josh Lowe in 850 OPS. Can you imagine me giving you this number, by the way, at the start of last year? But based yeah. on you know what he did last year, I think it's a pretty reasonable number.
2: Yeah, I'm going to take the under though. Um, First of all, he's a little banged up now at what is it, a hip issue. I think that he's yeah. dealing with maybe groin somewhere in that middle body region. Um, but still not good against lefties. Yeah. Uh, I think he performed a little over his head last year. I still think he's a pretty good fantasy option because he's going to give you power and he's going to give you speed. Um, but I, I'm expecting a little bit of regression from Josh Lowe, so 850 is... I'm going to take the under on that.
1: Yeah, I'm going to take the under a little bit too. I think it'll be close in part because of I don't think he's going to have to play against lefties too much, so he's going to get the chance to be at his best against what he does well, but the fact he just doesn't really draw walks really hurts this number. He's probably going to have to slug in that 500 range in order in fact he may that may not even be a have to like it's a necessity in order to get into that range because his on base percentage is probably going to be in that 330 340 range Uh, and i still think plenty of fantasy relevance here as long as he's healthy because of his ability to hit for power and steal bases maybe a little bit overrated based on where i've seen him going in drafts though i think you make a good call there and then finally Over under 85.5 wins for the Tampa Bay Rays.
2: You know, I I don't think I've ever picked an over for the Rays. (laughs) Um, This seems pretty low, but I still think I would probably take the under. Yeah. Um, I don't love this Rays roster, but I've said that many times about them, so I'm sure they're going to make me look dumb. But as things stand right now, I, I think I would take the under.
1: I'm going to take the under as well. But I think that there is a wide range of outcomes here. Like Uncle Ted mentions Ryan Pepiot. Uh, I don't think he's a top five starter this year, but I think he has the potential to someday be at that range. If Shane Boz is able to come back, you know, and give them quality innings, Taj Bradley, there's some real talent in those arms. And there's some talent offensively as well. Junior Caminero is one of the best prospects in baseball. Curtis Mead, Isak Paradis, I think is being slipped on a little bit. It wouldn't shock me if they were a 88 to 91 team, but I just look at this team and it screams 85 and 77 to me. Like even before I saw the numbers, 85 and 77, and technically that would be the under. All right, let's finish off with the Toronto Blue Jays. Let's start with my sweet sleep, Vladdy Jr. and a 275 average over or under. I'm
2: going over. Um, I know his average has been a little hit or miss. But a guy that hits the ball just so hard, I'm not gonna bet against him finding the hole uh more times than not. well, not more times than not, but you get my drift. yeah um, two seventy five I think is is doable for 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 Vladdy.
1: Yeah, I'm going to go with the over there, too. It's weird that he hasn't hit that number the last two years. He certainly should have hit that number the last two years. Expected batting average of 281 and 299. He should have been in that 280 range. I'm going to guess that he's in that 280 to 285 range. Wouldn't shock me if it's higher just because he's a guy who makes a lot of hard contact and he doesn't strike out. That should lead to a pretty solid average from my sweet, 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 beautiful Vladdy Jr., Dalton Varshow, one of the biggest uh, disappointments, I think, of 2023. Over under 45 combined homers and steals in 2024.
2: So I actually think Dalton Varshow is being a little underrated um, in fantasy. Interesting. But I'm still going to take the under on the 45. I I, I just – he hasn't shown as much of an inclination to run as I'd like. Yeah. Um, And – He's a guy who hits the ball in the air a ton, he pulls the ball a ton. And Rogers Center with the new high walls isn't as hitter friendly as it used to be. Right. Uh, a lot of those balls are going to be dying at the warning track. I, I I'd like to see more aggressive aggressiveness on the bases and the factoring in the the new dimensions at Rogers Center. Uh, I'll take the under on
0: 45.
1: Yeah, I think I agree with you on all of your points. The fact that he's being a little underrated in fantasy, but 45, I think it's just too high a number. I think it's worth pointing out. So Dalton Varsho is a former catcher who had put up pretty strong stolen base seasons, especially for a backstop and gets rave reviews for his defense. But he's not super fast. Like this is not a guy who posts like sprint speeds in the 80th, 90th percentile. He's extremely fast for a catcher. But his defensive work is based on his acumen. He gets a great read on the baseball. He takes excellent routes to the baseball. It's not because he's one of the fastest players in baseball. And you see it on the bases. Like he, and yeah. some of that lack of aggressiveness is I think he knows that he is more of a 15 to 20 stolen base guy. I think he might hit this number. I could easily see... 25 homers and 20 stolen bases, or maybe even a little bit more. I know he has the power to hit for more power uh, than he did in 2023. We saw 27 homers from him in 2022. Wouldn't shock me if he reached that number. And finally, I think this is the most interesting one, certainly that we've done in the division. Alec Manoa, over under 20 starts.
2: So uh, we saw today that Alec you Manoa know, coming down with some shoulder soreness.
1: And this was done before uh, that, by the way. I, I did give yeah. this number before that news came out.
2: I did actually drop the number. It was 22. So I, th- okay. I figured I could drop it a little bit at least now that yeah. the he's kind of banged up a little bit. Um, I, I, I have to take the under. Um, I just – I still am not totally sure what happened to him last year. You know, we heard whispers about actually him having shoulder issues that he thought – he thought he was injured, and the Blue Jays had him checked out and were convinced that he was not injured. Yeah, Had injections in that shoulder towards the end of the year that he initiated himself. Not He didn't give himself the injections, but it was his idea, not the – Blue Jays eventually cleared it, but he basically was the one who, who drove that. So I just – can we count on him staying healthy and effective? I just don't feel good about 20 plus starts.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've never seen. Okay, first of all, everybody who says, I knew this was coming from Alec Manoa, shut the hell up. You had absolutely (laughs) no idea he was going to be this bad. I get that the metric suggested he was not as good in, in 2022 as he was. But no, you did not know that he was this bad. Be quiet. I'm annoyed by how many people are doing victory laps on watching this guy absolutely stink out loud. And he does. He did last year. One of the worst pitchers in baseball, if not the worst pitcher in baseball. I got to take the under, especially with the news today, especially with how terrible he was, especially with the fact that Toronto has some young arms that they can replace him with a farm system that I think can go get another starter if they need to. I don't like it, but I'm going to take the under on Alec Manoa making 20 starts. Very much hope I'm wrong. And then finally, the over under for Tampa Bay is 87 and a half wins over or under.
2: I'm taking the under. I'm I don't know what the Blue Jays are doing, honestly. Like how how do, how do you not match or exceed the Matt Chapman offer? You're going to start Isaiah Kiner-Falefa at third base? Like I don't I don't I don't get it. I'm I'm going to take the under. Is them being a disappointment?
1: Yeah, I think so as well, which stinks because I think i picked Toronto to make the World Series since like 1994, you know? Like it just it seems to be the team that I always pick Why'd you say 1994? What a heartbreaking year that was for 11 year old Chris Crawford, but I'm going to take the under uh, again, a wide range of outcomes here because there's so much talent, but I think they're pretty clearly the third or fourth best team in that division. All right, let's move over to the NL East and let's start with kind of a fun one. Spencer Strider. I want aggressive here. 288 strikeouts. Are you taking the over?
2: It is aggressive. He, it would, there would be a few more than he had last year, but I'm taking the over. Yeah. Um, Learning a curveball, which has looked really good so far this spring. I mean, yes. Spencer Tri- Strider with more than two pitches is even scarier than Spencer Strider with uh, two pitches. Yeah. Um, so I'm gonna, as long as he stays healthy, I, I I think we could we could have a 300 strikeout guy.
1: We're gonna have a 300 strikeout guy, and it's gonna be Spencer Strider, and that's why I I was tempted to go to 99.5, but I wanted to be a little realistic and go with 288. This guy's swing and miss stuff is just so good. You guys have heard me rail all year about not taking pitchers early. Spencer Strider is a little bit of an exception to that. You just can't beat that swing and miss stuff. Uh, apparently you can because he ranks in the 99th percentile of pitchers with 36.8% of his batters struck out. I'm taking the over, and I think Spencer Strider probably should be the first pitcher off the board. Let's go with former Mariner legend Jared Kelnick, 20 homers over under.
2: I'm going over. Sounds like they plan to play him every day against lefties in addition to to righties. So mm-hmm. I don't know if the Kelnick full-on breakout is ever coming. I'm not ruling it out, but I don't think he necessarily has to full-on breakout to get to 20 home runs. Right. I think he's in a good situation in Atlanta. I'm, I'm going to take the over.
1: I'm going to take the over as well. I'm a little bit concerned by how little power Kelnick showed in the second half of the season. Got off yeah. to an amazing start and hit one of the longest home runs in Wrigley field that I've ever seen. There's no question that he has the pop to do it. I kind of wonder if Atlanta may track him more towards the player that he was as a prospect where it was a little bit more hit over power. We'll see what exactly happens here, but I do think that Kelnick is going to play enough to reach that mark, and I'm certainly rooting for it. One of the worst trades in Seattle Mariner history. And even with today's news, I think this one is definitely worth doing. Ronald Acuna Jr., 100 combined homers and steals over or under.
2: So he was at like, what, 112, 114, something like that last year. Um, I mean, even before the news of the, the knee irritation yeah, you had to expect that number to come down a little bit. So I think 100 is a nice, is a is a fair number to to shoot for. If you can, you can you ask me again at the beginning of next week. And make sure yeah. the knee's okay. Um, sure but I'm gonna I'm gonna take the over still.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna take the over as well. I just think that if he's too good, it, it's too good of a profile. Maybe you see a few more homers. I think you know maybe. Selling out for pop if the speed isn't quite there to begin the year. So it wouldn't shock me at all if we get our first 50-50 player this year in either Julio Rodriguez or Ronald Acuna Jr. I'm kind of hoping it's Julio, to be completely honest with you. Uh, And then finally, 102 wins is the over-under for Atlanta. Are you taking the over or the under?
2: I'm going to take the under, but it's not because I don't think the Braves are awesome yeah um just 102 is 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 high yeah uh I think they're certainly one of the best teams in baseball I think they're gonna pretty easily win that division even though the Phillies I I like a lot too uh but 102 is that's a lot of wins um I'm gonna take the under
1: I'm just gonna stay the heck away from it 102 is just too big of a number as and I know I technically don't get the right to do this. So I, I, if I was forced to take the over-under, I would take the under. I think you're more looking at like 97, 98 would be a number that I'd be more comfortable with. There's too many good teams in the National League, and I know even with a balanced schedule, they may be one of the favorites to win the World Series, but I have to go under 102 wins. All right, let's go to the Mets. Uh, you love Brett Beatty. Are you taking over-under on 20 homers?
2: I'm going over. Um guess our, our resident Brett Beatty fan, huh? Yeah. I'm, <laughs> I, I think he's. there's a little bit of post-type sleeper here. Um, I'm, I don't see Mark Vientos as much of a threat at third base. I think Bre- Beatty's going to maybe not play much, if at all, against lefties, but I think he's going to do enough damage against righties to get to that 20-homer mark.
1: Yeah, I think I'm going to take the under, but it's going to be not by a whole lot. I'm thinking 15 to 18, somewhere along that range. I do think he's being vastly underrated. Um, seen more than enough flashes in his brief time with the Mets. And I've, you know, there's reasons for concern too. Like he's gonna have to make some massive improvements in a lot of metrics in order for him to live up to the prospect pedigree. But I think that he is going to hit it. I'm just kind of giggling at this next number because it's kind of funny. Over under any Mets pitcher throwing 160 innings.
2: Uh I mean, so, I'm is the over under 0.5, I guess. I like yeah, that would be yeah. the zero point 0.5. <laughs> I, who's the best candidate to do it? I guess it, Quintana. I guess
1: probably. I, I suppose.
2: Um, but I know Quintana, his last healthy season in 2022, I th- he made 32 starts, and I think he just barely cleared 160 innings Mm -hmm. The, the Mets might need him to throw that many innings their rotation depth is just not looking great right now but I'm gonna I'm gonna take the under on this
1: yeah I'm gonna take the under as well there's absolutely nobody that I I was tempted to go 150 innings to be completely honest with you there's just nobody that I trust to make more than 25 starts for this team and none of these guys are exactly like Lance Lentz that are you like, oh, and they're on the mound. They're going to give me six or seven. A lot of these guys are on the mound. If I get through five, I'm going to feel pretty good. It's amazing the difference that we're talking about from this Mets rotation to start last year compared to this year. There's still talent. No, no question about it. But there's a lot of risk in this rotation as well. Uh, let's skip the fun. No nope. Over under Edwin Diaz, 35 saves.
2: I'm going to go under. I mean, that's. I, I really don't like the Mets much this year. I think Diaz is going to be fine. I, th- I think he'll bounce back to be one of the better closers of baseball, but 35, I'll take the under.
1: I'll take the under as well, but it's going to be pretty close. I could see a massive year from Diaz in part because they're going to play a lot of close games, I think. So, uh, and that's something you have to be uh, keep in mind. I think um, there's been people who have disagreed with me, but I seem to do okay taking that strategy. Over under 82 wins. Ryan, this is an easy under for me. What about you?
2: Yeah, I'm taking the under too.
1: Yeah, it, it's just not a very good baseball team. Like there's some really good players on it, but you just look at the overall roster. And when the Mets win the World Series, DJ Short, you are very welcome. All right. Over under, starting with the Marlins, 175 strikeouts for Yuri Perez.
2: Give me the over. Um, you know where there's going to be workload, workload restrictions. We don't know how many innings he's going to throw this year. I know he had, like, he had to come out of his spring game today with like a cracked fingernail. Oh, there's a little puppy. Um, there, Chris just brought a dog on the screen, for those who are just listening on the audio side. <laughs> uh, I didn't just randomly just start talking about puppies for no good reason. <laughs> uh, but I I love Yuri Perez. Made no bones about it. I know I'm really going going out on a limb there, but I I don't think he's going to have any trouble getting to 175 strikeouts.
1: I don't think he's going to have any trouble getting to the rate of 175 strikeouts. I have some concerns about the innings, and that's the reason why I'm going to take a very cautious under. And I know, boo, I'm booing myself right now as well. I'm not saying boo earns. I am absolutely saying Boo.
2: Bite his ankles, Pooch. Bite his ankles.
1: (laughs) I am thinking we're talking about 130 innings or so, and I'm going to guess that's like 150 to 160 strikeouts. Plenty to like, plenty of fantasy relevance, but I'm going to take the under. I don't like doing it. Over under Tanner Scott for 30 saves.
0: I'll go under.
2: Uh, I mean, I don't think I'm alone in – trying to figure out why Tanner Scott was so good all of a sudden last year, why he was able to suddenly throw strikes for the first time in his life. Um, but I I just can't count on him going 30-plus saves. I can't necessarily count on him keeping the closer job all season, so I'm going to take the under.
1: I'm going to take the over, but it's getting, it's close. I set these numbers for a reason. I get to – like here's something to keep in mind. He only had 12 last year. But you take a look at those swing and miss numbers. I do think that he is pretty much the favorite. And I actually like this Miami roster a little bit. I think they might win a few more games than suggested. All right. I talked about a number you changed. I was fascinated that you changed this number so low. (laughs) Tim Anderson. i set the over-under at 290. Ryan set the number at 275. Which number are you taking?
2: Yeah, I guess now that more I think about it, he's probably going to hit either hit three fifteen or two fifteen, isn't he? So (laughs)
1: very good chance.
2: Maybe maybe two ninety was the way to go. But okay, um, I think Tim Anderson might bounce back, and if he does, I'm going to take the over on two seventy five. I definitely would have taken the under on two ninety, but you know, he's just too young and too good to think that this could be the end for him so I'm going to take the the over
1: I'm going to take the over on 275 I would have taken the over on 290 as well I think it's going to be a bounce back year for Anderson now I don't think he's going to help in very many other categories I think we're talking about a one category guy it's interesting that him and Luis Arias are paired together because so one that's a one
2: category uh, double team (laughs) That is a one
1: absolutely double play combo absolutely it'll be very fun to watch and it'll be very frustrating for fantasy guys who wonder why do I have a guy who's sitting 330 who isn't helping me win fantasy baseball games I'm going to take the over just because I think that the batting average balls in play luck will be much better for Anderson 275 weirdo uh over under 78.5 wins for the Marlins next year Uh,
2: yeah I'm not as bullish on the Marlins as you I guess Uh, I'm going to take the under here they were extremely fortunate they won I think a record number of one run games yeah uh, last season I just can't see that continuing I mean if they get a full season out of Jazz Chisholm if they get a bounce back from Tim Anderson if Yuri Perez can throw 175 innings all those things go right they could be good I, I think they're a below average team though I'm going to take the under
1: I get it. I'm going to take the over, but not by much. I think this is like an 82-83 win team. I really like the talent in that rotation. thought it was interesting that Max Meyer looked pretty good in his uh, spring outing. It's nice to see a talent like that coming back. Sixto Sanchez, are you ever going to be a thing ever again? Probably not. But, you know, there is a lot of young talent in that rotation. They're also just kind of a fun team. Like, you, you take a look at them, and I think that matters a little bit, you know, like On paper, is this the most talented team in the National League? Not even close. It's not a playoff team. The fact they were a playoff team last year was an embarrassment, to be completely honest with you. But I do believe that this team has just enough to go over in terms of wins. And, yeah, I like Miami. Uh, Philadelphia Phillies, let's go Trey Turner, 60 combined homers and steals over under. I'm going to
2: go under. um, So – it's this is going to be bizarre to say, but if Trey Turner wanted to hit that number, I think he could easily hit it. Right. I don't know why he doesn't steal more bases. Like he's still he he went thirty for thirty last year. Like he did, it wasn't caught a single time. He's his sprint speed is still a, among the elite of elite. Yeah. With these new rules, like I I think he could just he could literally pretty much steal a base anytime he wanted to. Um, and as fantasy owners, we demand you to do that tray. I don't care about whether it's a good thing for your team. Quit being so selfish. Your fantasy managers need you, but that's not the reality of course. So I'm going to take the under, you know, he kind of, I feel like he kind of thinks of himself as more of a power hitter now. Like he needs to live up to that contract. Um, I wish he would just go for more 18 home runs and steal 60 bases, but you it know, doesn't seem to be going that way. So I'm going to take the under.
1: I think one of the reasons why his stolen base total is a little lower was dude wasn't getting on base a whole heck of a lot to begin the season. Yeah, he was a much true. better player in the second half. I'm going to guess that he gets 25 to 30 homers and 35 to 40 steals. I'll take the over here. It's been fascinating to watch where Trey Turner is going in drafts was the overwhelming number 1 pick in a lot of leagues last year. Um not going to be that this year obviously, but if you can get him like near the bottom of the second round, I think you might be in for a pleasant surprise. I have to talk about Ranger Suarez in every podcast over under 150 strikeouts.
2: You yeah, know, you're the resident Ranger Suarez
1: <laughs> I guess so. uh,
2: fan. Yeah. Um I'm going to take the under. Um I I can't count necessarily on the innings being there. He's never been a big workload guy. And then the strikeouts have been there hit or miss. I I think you have to take the under here.
1: I'm going to take take the the under as well, but I don't feel good about it. Like, It's just hard to put a guy who's not above 40% in strikeout percentage or above 30% in that number, but I think it'll be pretty close in part because I do think he's going to get closer to that 140 to 160 inning range, and I like this guy's stuff, and I like the fact that he is difficult to square up, might be a better real-life pitcher than a fantasy one, over under 90 wins for the Philadelphia Phillies in 2024.
2: Chris Crawford banned from his own Ranger Suarez fan club. <laughs> um, I'm going over on the Phillies, and yeah, that's uh, I in part because I think they're very good, but also I'm down on the Mets, I'm down on the Marlins, I'm down yeah. on the on the Nationals. Yeah, um, I think the Phillies pretty well cruise past 90 Yeah,
1: I'm going to go over 90 wins for them. And just as a little spoiler alert. I'm going to pick the Phillies to win the NL East. As much as I like that Atlanta roster, I think the Phillies are just a little bit better. Let's close with the nationals noted CJ Abrams, hater Ryan Boyer over <laughs> under 50 stolen bases in 2024.
2: So I'm going to go the over actually
1: nice. Um,
2: the stolen bases is not where I think he might regress. Mm-hmm. Um, I, all he needed to do is show an inclination to run, and he was going to pile up a ton of stolen bases. Yep. It hurts that he you can't steal first base, and he doesn't draw walks. And yep. I, I think his average probably isn't going to be great. Nope. But he is going to hit leadoff. He's going to get a ton of playing time. going to play. Even though he's not good against lefties, he's going to play against lefties. So I think the stolen bases are still going to be there. I'm going to take the over.
1: I'm going to take the over as well and make a prediction that Abrams ends up leading all of baseball and stolen bases. And I think the total might be around 70 over under McKenzie Gore, 170 strikeouts.
2: I'm going to go over, um, you know, strikeouts aren't the issue for McKenzie Gore. Yeah. Uh, he's got to stop throwing ball four. Um, get that control better. McKenzie go deeper into games. But, you know, 170 strikeouts, I think, is very, very doable for him as long as he stays healthy.
1: Yep. I'm going to go over as well. I think this might be a breakout season for Mackenzie Gore. I've seen, I've talked a lot about flashes with young players. I've seen some excellent flashes from Mackenzie Gore. I think this is the year that he puts it together. I think him and Josiah Gray actually are an interesting one, too. Like, looking at that team going forward, there is some reason for optimism 2024, maybe not necessarily that year. Uh, And then finally, over under 24.5 homers for Lane Thomas. I'll
2: go under, although I've been on the record. I think I I don't think he's going to regress as much as other people do. Sure. Um, But we also talked about his ADP is still pretty darn high, higher than I was. I was hoping he'd come in a bit of a discount, but he's not really getting there. Right. Uh, With 24 and a half, I think he's probably going to, go under that
1: i'm gonna go under as well uh i think lane thomas is a guy that i do think is going to regress quite a bit but not at a point where like he's undraftable or anything along those lines i just want him to be my outfielder four. to be honest with you yeah. like that there's just a wide range of outcomes and the fact that i don't think very many people are going to be driving him in i think he'll have to drive himself in quite a bit which is the reason why the 67.5 win total is here, Ryan. You going over or under on that?
2: Yeah, this is not surprisingly by far the lowest uh, total of either the yeah East division teams. Uh, I, I'm going to go under. It's very hard to win fewer games than that. Yeah, <laughs> But I, I don't like um, – the Nationals have some talent coming – um, they have a decent amount of young talent on that roster, but I just don't think they're going to be very good this year.
1: I'm going to go. I think you're right. And I think they're very clearly the worst team that we talked about here. But I'm going to go over. I'm going to say this is a 71 and 91 win team. That means that I'm not betting on them because, like, <laughs> there's no way I'm, like, super confident in that. And they're, that's their, I think their ceiling is you're talking about 70, 71, 72 wins that along along those lines it wouldn't shock me if they're a 64 and 98 team 62 and 100 um the only team that i know is worse in the national league is the colorado rockies whose over under should be six we'll get there but we will get to the the worst roster in baseball in my humble. come on man 71
2: 71 and 91 is a sore spot for me
1: oh that was the cardinals record last year was it really
2: yeah, don't should. remind me again.
1: Well, I'll remind you about it when we do the NL Central next week. <laughs> um, that's going to do it for us. Really appreciate everyone who tuned in. Uh, make sure you're checking out rotawire.com slash pod if you haven't done it yet. Take a free look beyond our paywall and see all the excellent work that is going up there from Ryan, me, some other folks as well. Can't recommend it enough. And thank you again to Fantrax for sponsoring the show. Make sure you're following all of our socials. You can follow me on X such a weird thing to say at Crawford underscore M-I-L-B. You can follow Ryan at Ryan P. Boyer. Stay tuned next week. We will do our over-unders for the National League Central and the American League Central. And a reminder, new episodes every single day. We'll see you next time. And Ryan doesn't remember. He has to hit the end button.
3: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about.